I'm Natalie Burbert, and today I'll be speaking with you as a member of the ENG4U online summer school course hosted by KPRDSB. We'll be looking into inequality between men and women's hockey, and more specifically, what factors lead to the exclusion of women's sports broadcasted in the media. Today, we will be examining statistics on men and women's hockey, public awareness of women's leagues, physical differences between the genders in hockey, and how sex appeal may play a role in media coverage or lack thereof in women's sports. Women are greatly outnumbered in media coverage compared to men, but the difference in number of individuals of each gender that play each sport is much less drastic. 40% of all sports participants are women, but women's sports receive around 4% of all sports media coverage. Both the quantity and quality of women's sports coverage continues to be questioned, especially within the Olympics when that number rises. Often this coverage is interrupted by other sports and materials, or quality may simply not be good. The United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization brought light to this when they said, Two weeks of Olympic coverage are a rare time when sustained coverage of women's sports stars hits the headlines and that, of limited coverage, women are often objectified and demeaned. Fortunately, many people haven't heard of the many successes of the Canadian women's hockey teams, and we need to bring more light to their goals and achievements. The link between public awareness and women's hockey coverage in the media is more of a chicken and the egg scenario, which came first. Numerous statistics to support the advancement of women in hockey, especially in Canada. However, the average citizen hasn't heard of many of them. Canada received silver in the 2020 IIHF Under-18 Women's World Championship. Since 1990, Canada's national women's team has won 10 gold medals at the IIHF Ice Hockey Women's World Championship. In addition, many Canadians watch the Olympics, as well as love to watch the hockey and Olympics. Unfortunately, this doesn't often include women's hockey, but Canadian women won silver in 1998 and 2018, with a streak of four gold medals in 2002, 2006, 2010, and 2014. Despite the impressive scores by these women, many people aren't aware of it, and it still isn't covered by media. next, the physical traits of men and women may have something to do with the amount of coverage in the media. Due to the different weight distribution of biologically male and female bodies, women's leagues don't permit hitting to the extent of men's leagues. Although some people may think that this makes the sport boring to watch, others would believe that this is actually better for the women because they focus more on the game and hockey itself is highlighted rather than the physical fights. Even though biological males and females have different body types, sizes, and weight distribution, they've been able to play together at a professional level in a few scenarios. According to ESPN News, Manon Ream was the first and only woman to play in the NHL. In 1992, she played goal for the Tampa Bay Lightning against the St. Louis Blues in an exhibition game. Being able to play alongside the men is a great advancement for females in hockey. It's notable that Ream was likely only allowed to do this in an exhibition game, 
because she's the goalie and there are less physical aspects for the goaltender. Potential for women to advance in the goaltender aspect of the NHL. However, even the size of male goaltenders have increased. Most successful goaltenders in the NHL are often upwards of 6 foot 3 and 200 pounds. Although skill can outweigh body type in this scenario, it's harder for people with a smaller body type to compete against people that cover up more of a net when that's the goal. This leads to little room for advancement and mixing of genders within the NHL. Kelly Wickenheiser was the first woman to score while playing for a professional men's team. This happened in Finland in 2003, and in an interview with ESPN, she stated that she doesn't think it will happen again. Wickenheiser believes, and I also agree, that the way for advancement in women's hockey isn't to combine both the genders within one league. It's to simply push forward the advancement of women's hockey leagues to be equal to the men's. When this can happen, the media coverage of women's hockey will pick up, and the general citizen will be more informed of women's hockey as well as men's hockey. Small injustice in this scenario, which can also be related to media coverage due to the searches and algorithms of the internet, is NHL versus NWHL when classifying hockey leagues. The difference in these names may imply that regular hockey is only played by men, and the separate name adding the gender of the people within the next hockey league means that it's a modified version for women. Sex appeal and gender bias plays a role in the media coverage for sports. Female athletes are known as women first, mostly for their appearance, family, or upbringing, and athletes second. Men are thought of as powerful athletes and judged on their athletic ability alone. This isn't to say that male athletes don't have significant family, upbringing, or personal stories. However, career and athletic ability is often regarded first. Simple Google search, when looking up Canadian hockey players, out of the 50 recommended profile results, none of them are women. In the image category, the 12th one is a picture of a female hockey player linked to an article about equality in women's hockey leagues. Search suggestions under the tab came up as handsome, cute, attractive, retired, and near the end, women. Not a single one mentions men, but it's assumed in all the other suggestions that they'll be men by default, as gender isn't specified, but men is all that comes up. A multitude of appearance-based suggestions under Google image search tabs may suggest that appearance has a lot to do with coverage in the media. As a whole, the coverage of hockey in the media is heavily gender-based. Women's hockey games are broadcasted on cable TV far less often than men's hockey games and often only when they're doing very well or in the Olympics. Of course, to the individual, this could be impacted by public awareness, physical attributes of the genders, as well as sex appeal and their desire to watch a certain gender of a sport. These aspects play a role in the exclusion of women from media coverage, but it doesn't mean it's impossible to change. The fact that only 4% of hockey broadcasted as women's hockey can be changed by hockey fans deciding to support all the teams of their country and all the teams that they enjoy, regardless of their gender. There's much to be enjoyed when watching women's hockey, such as the skill, gameplay, and manner of all the players, and you can still appreciate the sport even when watching a separate gender. Views, searches, and local supporting of women's hockey leagues 
can have a major impact on a local, federal, and global scale. The rather disappointing statistics about women's hockey coverage can be changed over time, and I truly believe that it will with the support of communities in Canada. I'd like to encourage everybody to pay attention to women's hockey as well when they can, and appreciate the athletes who happen to be female for their athletic ability and talent. As always, thank you for listening, and I hope this helped in explaining what factors may influence the percent of coverage in women's hockey in the media.